This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. Ever wanted to leap tall buildings, uphold the law, solve a crime, but just don't have the time? Go! Go! Tune in to Joy 94.9, Wednesdays from midday, when Victoria Police Gay and Lesbian Liaison Officers Gabby and Scott ask for your help in solving crime. Victoria Police Glows, Crime Stoppers, The Anti-Violence Project and Joy 94.9 working together to help make our community safe. The gayest station in the nation. Joy 94.9. What a lead in. Uh, I know. Well, this is Gabby and I'm with Sammy. Hello. On the Victoria Police Community Hour, and this week is Lesbians Matter. We've got some great conversation pieces today because it's a disaster preparedness week. I don't know if you knew, knew about that. I only, only learnt about that this morning. It's a new initiative that started up this year. Yeah, by the um, Australian Red Cross. So we've got Adam Dent coming in, and he is the State Manager of Emergency Services in Australia or in Victoria. So he's going to be talking about some some information that they have on the Australian Red Cross website, all about how to prepare for disasters and what is a disaster and how many of us actually have things prepared at home in case of emergencies, floods, fires, all those sorts of things. And we're going to be also talking about all the Crime Stoppers crimes and anything that you really want to talk about because we're focused on lesbian issues. And I suppose from what we've spoken about that doesn't sound like it's lesbian issues, but we all live out in the bush. We live in the city. We can be confronted by emergencies every day. That's right. So if at any time you want to get involved in the conversation, let us know uh, what you think about the topics that we're discussing. You can give us an SMS. But our show today is a, a partnership between Joy, uh, Victoria Police, the um, Anti- Cri- Anti-Violence Project, Crime Stoppers, and of course you. So please contact us. Let us know what you want to talk about. Get involved in the conversation. Absolutely. Um, and also, too, we've, uh, we've got many other things on the plate. So, yeah, let us know what you're up to. And, and don't forget Vic Police News is coming up, too, and we're going to be talking about the, the um, incident that occurred in Sydney last Saturday and hope that something similar won't occur in Melbourne this coming Saturday. So we will be, we will be discussing all of that and more on today's show, Joy 94.9. More of your favourite shows. Joy 94.9. You're on the Victoria Police Community Hour. This afternoon is Lesbians Matter. You're with Sammy and Senior Constable Gabby Tyak. Sammy and Gabby sounds better. I just know, but I, I, just, I like to give you full one at least once. Okay. Well, we've got Victoria Police news. Victoria Police have been made aware of a gathering being planned for this Sunday in Melbourne at 1pm. Police are currently monitoring social media websites and other communications indicating that people intend to gather and protest against Islamophobia in the CBD. Now, Sammy, I'm sure watching the news, turning on the TV, listening to the radio, looking at newspapers, you would have seen something about what happened in Sydney last Saturday. Yes, absolutely. And it's been something that uh, quite a lot of people around the nation have been shocked that we have had here in Australia. Yeah, it's, it's really strange because everyone has the right to protest as long, as, as long as it's peaceful. But often you find going along to these peaceful protests are people that are going along simply to cause trouble. And they're what other people would call, I guess, professional protesters. 
they're not there for the specific reason of the protest. They're there just to cause, get their face on the on the in the media, or just cause some problems, get their faces in front of the police, and cause cause trouble for us as well, I suppose. So what we w- would like to know is if anyone's heard of any information in relation to this protest on Saturday um, that might cause concern. Um, and that police might need to know about, you can call Crime Stoppers on one eight hundred triple three triple zero. Now, um, senior police met with community leaders on Tuesday, so yesterday morning, um, and they advised that they do not support this gathering. Uh, but they they said as long as it's a peaceful process, that's okay. Protest, sorry, that's okay. But they're not supporting the actual gathering. They're not behind what the people are standing for. So I guess has any have you seen anything in relation to what it's all about? Have you gone online and had a look at this YouTube video? And I think the other thing is too that we're seeing a lot nowadays is social media is is causing um, a lot of this information to be passed on very, very, very quickly. And we're having people that, as you said, are basically professional protesters and are, are pretty much the same thing. You know, if someone has a disagreement in a bar and someone throws a punch, these are the sort of people that jump in and went, oh, there's something going on, I want to be part of it. So the other thing to be aware of is when you are talking to, to Crime Stoppers as well is, is you've been on social media, regardless of the medium, and you've seen something that's when you say something as well. Exactly. Now, as I was saying, you have the right to a peaceful protest. And and the way you can make sure that that's a peaceful protest and it stays safe, because if you're involved, you want to make sure that you're safe as well as everyone else in the community is safe. You should consult your local police and let them know that you're planning this so that they're aware of what's happening. They can plan as well to make sure there's extra police available to stop the trouble um, and prevent any issues that arise. And this didn't happen last Saturday. Police weren't aware of the of the protest. No. It was meant to be on the Sunday. Um, it was taken forward to the Saturday. There are a lot more people. There was a lot of violence involved and um, New South Wales police had to get police from all over the place and gather them together to try to make sure that people weren't hurt or injured. Now, we've had a text message in in relation to the protests in Sydney. Uh, And it says, in lieu of recent protests in Sydney, what ramifications do you think they have with future demonstrations for any other peaceful protest groups? Um, I saw a heated exchange with a young gay individual at the same-sex protest rally where there was some physical violence. What should bystanders do within the law in this instance? Any thoughts, Sammy? Well, you know, I think the ultimate thing is with a lot of these protests is there will be members of the Victoria Police or the State Police there. You need to make them aware if you've seen something um, that, you know, for me as a, as a bystander and as a, as a non-member of the police force, I would assume that you, the best thing to do would be, you know, if you see something, you need to say something. Yeah, and as police who are there to ensure everyone's safety, um, we have to make sure that we keep everything under control. And when violence arises, sometimes our response might have to be heavier than what you would think is necessary, but we're trying to ensure everyone remains safe. So, But if, if something occurs that you're not happy with and you think that maybe someone acted outside the law, then definitely speak to someone you can speak to, a police officer there or a police officer at your local police station. Um, you can contact your GLOW and have a chat about it as well. But, I mean, certainly if you think that something shouldn't have happened, speak to someone about it but but it's a very difficult situation I mean there's usually a lot less police than there are protesters and we may have you know battens and and um, 
safety shields and things like that but it it's a, can be quite a frightening situation and we're, we're tr- just trying to make sure that everyone is safe and that it doesn't get out of hand absolutely and you know as we've said you know with with the ramifications of the extent of social media nowadays we've even seen that uh, quite recently in another state with a party um, that the kids were having a party put it out on social media um, and then it became quite a dangerous situation for the police in that state as well trying to control that for the safety of the people in the area so yeah, so you've got to be careful of safety of social media. You've also got to be aware that if you are being urged to come to something that and cause trouble, that you might not be spoken to by police on the day, but there will be cameras everywhere and you're likely to be spoken to by police later on. So if you're thinking of coming somewhere to cause trouble, don't do it. That's right, and they've, and the and they've been found with the people that were involved in uh, the altercations in Sydney. It's been quite a few days since that's happened, and the police are now in the process of, of questioning people that they have seen through footage, um, and other people that have actually come forward and spoken about people that were involved. So, exactly. So if you do something, we'll get you. Absolutely, if something wrong. We'll get you. <laughs> Now we've got um we've got a crime stoppers, Gabby. We do. The first one is the crime of the week, and um, the police are searching for four men who were involved in an armed robbery at a service station on St Albans Road, St Albans, at approximately nine thirty p.m. on Friday, the twenty fourth of February. It's alleged two of the men kept watch while the other two, one armed with a hammer and the other with a tomahawk, approached the front counter, threatened a staff member, and damaged store property before stealing cigarettes and cash. All four men are described as aged in their teens to early 20s, about 5 foot 8 or 173 centimetres tall, and had their faces covered with balaclavas or scarves. The man wielding the hammer pictured to the right in this article, if you look on the Crime Stoppers website, is described as African in appearance and was wearing a black champion t-shirt, long jean shorts, black and white runners, a white cap, black gloves and was carrying a red shopping bag. The man carrying the tomahawk is described as Caucasian and was wearing a black t-shirt with a green quicksilver logo, black pants and white shoes. Police have released images of the two men who they believe also may be able to assist them in their inquiries. Uh, and if you um, get onto the Crime Stoppers website, have a look at those images. Just look up, we'll look at Crime of the Week or look at St Albans or Armed Robbery and the, or the reference CA6159. And remember, if you see something, say something. If you have any knowledge concerning any crime, call Crime Stoppers on 1800 333 000 or visit crimestoppers.com.au. If it's an emergency, always call 000. This is Joy 94.9, your lesbian and gay station. You're on the Victoria Police Community Hour, Lesbians Matter, with Sammy and Gabby. And I learned something yesterday, that this week is Disaster Preparedness Week, and it's the first time that the Australian Red Cross has run this week. It's been running in Canada for a number of years. But emergencies can strike at any time and disrupt our lives. They can damage our home. We can lose property. We can even have issues with our health. So we're probably thinking of bushfires, freak weather patterns and storms, floods. But everyone remembers Black Saturday on February 7, 2009 and the horror and devastation. Now on the line we've got Adam Dent who's the State Manager of Emergency Services at the Australian Red Cross. Hi Adam. Good afternoon Evan. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us today Adam. You're most welcome. And let me just say that Adam's on holidays but this was so important that he he called back and he's involved while he's on on his holiday away from work. So thanks for doing that. Nobody, so uh, why should I? Exactly. <laughs> so, Adam, let us uh, let us know about how uh, Disaster Preparedness Week came about. 
Well, it's come about for us. We recently did uh, a survey of over a thousand people across Australia and found that only one in five people have actually given any thought to preparing for a disaster which uh, reflected itself similarly in Victoria, which is quite a surprise given over the last couple of years just how much Victoria has been through. Uh, But I guess a lot of it is really about the fact that people think um, that it's the sort of thing that happens when you live in the country, it's the sort of thing that won't happen to me, and they often don't consider the fact that actually they can strike at any time, as you say, and it doesn't have to be a fire or a flood. Yeah, I mean, it's it's quite amazing when you said that, that so many people after what's happened in recent years, that people aren't making these plans. And I, I hate to say it, but I'm probably, I am one of them. I've, I've made par- a partial plan um, where I, we, my partner and I have thought about, you know, what animals do we grab, as many animals as possible and, and little bits and pieces. But you've, you've got a um, kit um, with information online, which tells you a whole step of things to do. And I've probably made one or two of those steps, but I should be making sure we do the, the whole three. Well, there are four, actually, oh. uh, that you should definitely make. <laughs> and the first Thanks for that, Adam. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> You've got it in front of you. I do. So will you um, take us through the four steps, Adam? The first step, of course, is to be informed. Mm. And that's the step where you need to start to think about what could actually happen in your community. So if you live in suburban Melbourne, bushfire may not be a relevant threat to you. But as we saw on Christmas Day, a massive hailstorm is certainly a possibility in in the metropolitan area. It may be uh, flash flooding, or if you live in, say, some of the western suburbs, the likelihood of a chemical-type incident that might mean you have to stay at home is also certainly there, and we've seen that this year. Mm. So being informed is about understanding what could happen around you and what information is out there to help you with your planning. The next step is to actually make the plan, and that's, you know, take the advice that we offer in the planning guide but also consult the CFA or Metropolitan Fire Brigade or the SES about how to handle the situation in your area. And the plan is to talk about what you'll do when it happens and where you might go if you have to leave or what you'll need to do if you decide to stay at home. I guess, Adam, is a contentious issue about whether you should leave or, or stay. And it's something that emergency services has, have had to deal with over years about how we respond to to what people want to do and whether we're able to tell them or make them leave a dangerous situation. Absolutely. And Black Saturday taught us a very, very important lesson there. And our point of view is quite simple. The only safe thing to do is to leave and leave early. Mm. However, sometimes it might be appropriate that you're told to stay at home. So say it was... Uh, a chemical leak, um, you know, you might be advised by the fire brigade to shut the doors and stay inside. And so if you're not going, or a pandemic, for example, mm. um, you're not going to necessarily leave home in the case of a pandemic. So it's about thinking a little bit more broadly about what emergencies could uh, could strike. But certainly in the case of fire and flood, leaving early is the only safe way to go. Yeah, I mean, I guess a, lo- a lot of situations, maybe not a house fire, but if you're looking at bigger um sort of weather patterns and things like that um you you can have some time for planning so i think if you're coming up to if you're watching the news and you keep an eye on the weather which a lot of us do and you see that there's going to be extreme weather conditions coming up in the next few days or there's going to be big storms start making plans then really prepare for those sorts of things well what we'd like to say this week is people should be preparing right now um and all year round and have those plans in place so that when you are a couple of days out, all it's a case of doing is refreshing your mind on what the plan was, making sure everything's in place. So that leads to the third bit, which is about getting a kit. 
Uh, and that's really about making sure you've got something you can grab that has the things that are important to you. Mm. Um, it might be your insurance documents or medication or some precious photos. Um, but really importantly, it's about making sure you've got something to grab if you have to go in some sort of a hurry. Because most people aren't thinking terribly straight when they're having to uh, to leave their home because of an emergency. Yeah. And there's a, a beautiful story that we heard about a lady who experienced Ash Wednesday and she had to leave her home in quite a hurry and she grabbed the first thing she could uh, she could grab on the way out. She got to the evacuation centre and later realised she'd grabbed the iron. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> it had a handle. So, you know, we'd rather you had a kit that you could grab that actually had something useful to you because uh, I'm not sure many people wanted anything ironed in the relief centre. Oh, <laughs> but and the final step is really the most important one ever, again. It's knowing your neighbours and really getting to know the people around you. They might be able to help you more or they might be someone who might be elderly or with a, living with a disability who might need you to help them. Now, Adam, um, tell us a little bit more about the fourth step of this great plan and, of course, you know, the importance of uh, getting to know your local community and also, you know, all about the emergency numbers and every, the evacuation plans. That, 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 is, that is really such an important step because, um, you know, we believe that resilient and strong communities uh, are built by people knowing each other and understanding how to help each other. Um, you know, I, I've got 327 friends on Facebook. Now, most people wouldn't believe that if I told them, but <laughs> I'm a very well-connected person. But up until recently, I didn't know most people in my suburb. Um, most of my friends live on the other side of Melbourne to me. So you'd think, well, if something happened, um, who would help me or what would I do and, or who else near me might need something. So, you know, stronger communities come from people being able to rely on each other rather than relying just on the emergency services. Yeah, a lot of the time your local emergency services have community meetings to talk about these sorts of situations to, so that they, so you can get to meet the people within your local area and you can start making preparedness plans for disasters. And they're great ideas and it's also helpful for that first phase about being informed. You can go along and learn a lot more of the facts about what could happen in your community and so your local SCS volunteers or the MFB or CFA are definitely um, more than available to do those sort of things. Things like Community Fireguard are great examples of communities coming together to talk about these issues. Now, uh, where can we actually go to find out this information? Because we can actually download the Ready Plan as well, can't we? You can. It's all available to be downloaded by um, going to redcross.org.au and there'll be a link there to uh, emergency services and everything's there. There's also a version for elderly people. So if you're helping your uh, your parents or grandparents to plan, um, there's a version for that. And if you happen to be living with somebody with a disability or their carer, there's also a version to help that takes in some of those specific nuances for those people. Well, that, that's that's a great point because, yes, we're thinking about ourselves, but there are also other people in your family, local neighbours who might be elderly or have, have some kind of disability that you might have to help as well. But in the plan, I was quite interested, you've got areas where you can write all the emergency numbers, you can write the neighbours' names, just they're, they're kind of like reminders and things that you need to be aware of, things you need to get information of, and, and even checklists of things that you should have in your emergency kit. We try to make it as simple as possible because it's something we think everybody should do. And it's not hard. Um, it can be a bit scary for people to think about these things. But it's a pretty simple process to sit down with your family or your partner and, and just work through it so that you've got everything done ahead of time. And the guide there, the book will help you through all of that. And the plan is you know, a really simple thing to do. 
And of course, the important thing is to remember that a disaster is not just about things of uh, gastronomic proportions of Black Saturday. And as you said, you know, things can happen. You know, we have a, a thunderstorm that comes through as it did on Christmas Day. And it was a suburban area that was the suburban areas were the ones that were greatly affected by this. So it's not just about you thinking, oh, I don't live in a rural area. I don't live near the bushland. So I'm quite fine. And if your cooking skills are anything like my partner's, you know, a house fire is definitely on the cards. So, oh, no. You know, it pays to be prepared at all times. Well, I think this is a wake-up call for everybody to get onto the Australian Red Cross website, download and print out this um, ready kit, ready plan, and just make sure that you're ready because we are coming up into, into summer. We have, it's it's supposed to be one of the hottest summers in a few years. We've had a lot of rain, which means a lot of um, undergrowth will have grown. And once we start um, having hotter weather and, and no more rain, it's a very dangerous situation. That's right. So there's no time better than now to actually get ready. I'm going to do that, Adam. I'm going home and I'm going to make <laughs> sure that I'm going to read through this and I'll have a, everything packed and ready to go. Adam... Thank you so much for joining us here on Victoria Police Community Hour on Joy 94.9. Don't forget, you need any information, go to redcross.org.au. You can download this and much more information that the Red Cross have available. Thank you so much for your time. You're most welcome. Thanks for your support. Thank you. Joy 94.9. This is the Victoria Police Community Hour Lesbians Matter show with Sammy and Gabby. We've got another Crime Stoppers crime. Police are searching for a man and a woman who allegedly used a stolen credit card to purchase jewellery from a store in Westfield Shopping Centre in Tullamarine. Between 13 April and 14 April 2012, a rock was used to smash a bedroom window of a residential address in Wattlebird, Crescent, uh, the reservoir. Sorry, the house was ransacked. Several items were stolen, including a credit card. The victim's car was also stolen during the burglary. On 14th April, a man and a woman and two male associates allegedly used the victim's credit card to make several purchases, including the jewellery. The man is described as Caucasian, about 180 centimetres tall, has a solid build, short brown hair, and was unshaven. He has the name Graham tattooed on his right forearm. He was wearing a white t-shirt. The woman's described as Caucasian, about 175 centimetres tall. She has a medium build and long brown hair. She was wearing a black singlet top. The first associate is described as Caucasian, about 175 centimetres tall, has a medium build, was clean shaven and has a tribal tattoo on his right arm. He was wearing a black singlet. The second associate is described as Caucasian, about 180 centimetres tall, has a solid build, short brown hair and was unshaven. He was wearing a black T-shirt. Police have released images of the three men and a woman who they believe that may be able to assist them in their inquiries. And the reference for this crime is CA6347. Get onto the Crime Stoppers website, crimestoppers.com.au and have a look at the images and help us solve this crime. If you have any knowledge concerning any crime, call Crime Stoppers on 1800 333 000 or visit crimestoppers.com.au. If it's an emergency, always call 000. You're on the Victoria Police Community Hour. It's Lesbians Matter. And we've been having quite a few interesting discussions this afternoon. And one of them was about the recent rally in Sydney um, in relation to that anti-Islam well, film yes. um, on YouTube and the concern that the same kind of disruptions um, to a peaceful protest will occur in Melbourne and we've had a text in from Max. Now he compared um, the recent GLBTI reaction to the Margaret Court statement um, last year and said that social media went viral however common sense prevailed. 
thumbs up to community members for advocacy within the law. And I totally agree. You can have a peaceful protest. And it was shown by by those occurrences that really were hardly even shown in the media at all in a reaction to what Margaret Court said at the tennis. Absolutely. And I think, you know, social media does have, uh, is a great tool in today's day and age. And it can be used sensibly for a gathering of people to make a point. But the whole point is, is the gathering, if it's peaceful and without violence, there's not a problem. Yeah. Now, we've also been talking about making disaster plans and making sure you've got kits ready for any kind of disaster or emergency. And we've had a text in in relation to that. Now, I was caught up in the Birdsland fires, this person says, near Belgrave during Black Saturday. And since then, I now have a go bag with spare clothes, water, identity documents, money, etc. that if I need to evacuate, I can do so quickly. Police were great on the day, even though I was not allowed back home for a couple of days if it's code red day i am gone i believe that's from meg oh fantastic meg yeah look um i've been in situations too as a police officer where i've when when i was working at Bacchus marsh it was before black saturday it was a regular bushfire i think it was probably 2007 and i was down at at mount wallace which is sort of heading from Bacchus marsh towards ballarat kind of way um and there were really large bushfires there and we were trying to evacuate people from homes um, and it was a 45 degree day or 43 degree day extremely hot and, and absolutely terrifying and then the fires were running up through um, the the anarchy area towards G- Geelong and Lara I suppose so look um, I don't think anyone back then was aware of what could happen on a day like Black Saturday just we didn't have it in our in our minds that anything so devastating could occur but we need to be prepared for any kind of disaster absolutely and i mean you know i i I live in the area of uh the black saturday fires and and being on the ground when that was that was actually happening and you know i've been involved with uh, the state emergency service and and have you know a lot of friends including yourself uh involved in the police force and the the police were dealing with you know, quite a lot at the time. And the reality is, is the emergency services are there to help and protect us. And I know your home's important and all that sort of stuff. But the the main thing that our emergency services are dealing with is to make sure people are staying alive. So work with your emergency services, work with the police, the CFA, the state emergency service. They're there to make sure that you survive. At the end of the day, houses can be replaced and people can't. So whether it's a flood or a fire or another sort of disaster, working well with your emergency services, because that that was something that we saw was, was a really important outcome from Black Saturday. Yeah, you made a great point that everything else can be replaced except human lives. And that's the most important thing to make sure that yourself and, and your loved ones and your neighbours and your family and friends are safe when the, you come into uh, across these situations. So prepare, do what you need to do, get all the things you need ready that you might need um, personal documents, photographs, food, clothing, um, torch, or all those sorts of things that if something happens, what do you need to survive? That's what you've got to think of. Absolutely. And the thing to remember too, we're in a technology age. You know, most people have a computer, access to the internet and, and, what, and a portable hard drive. So the reality is, is it's a very small expense. If you go out to one of your electronic stores, wait for the hard drives to be on sale, scan your important mm-hmm. documents, scan your important photos. And if you need to evacuate your house in a hurry, regardless of the reason, you have one thing really to pick up beside your children, furry or not. Yeah. Um, 
and is your little portable hard drive because that already has copies of all your important documents and the photos and things that are near and dear to you. So if you have to do something in a hurry, it's it's sort of a, a one less thing that you have to pick up instead of trying to gather things yeah. together. I guess, and and the other thing we may not have touched as much, touched on as much, is where do you go once you leave your house? Where are you going? You've got to have some idea, to, particularly if there is a fire or a flood. Which way can you go? What access have you got to get out of the area? So you've got to start thinking high ground, low ground, all that sort of stuff. Um, Neighbours, where are they going to go? Are you going to go together? Are you going to help each other? There's a lot to think about. Can you save your animals? You know, a lot of us have the larger animals, horses. Um, what are you going to do with them? Often people just let them free to fend for themselves. The reality is is animals um, have survived for a very, very long time before humans became involved in their lives. And, and, you know, myself living and managing an extremely large property with a lot of stock is our fire plan is, is we open the gates and the animals will fend for themselves. Yeah. So the reality is is this is the importance of being part of a community. Even if you are in a suburban area, the floods that came through that we saw on Christmas Day, get to know your neighbours. You don't have to be best buddies with them, but at least if you sort of say, we have some sort of a community plan happening. Know your, know your community evacuation areas. Know the local, most local areas that are on the edges of suburbia have an emergency services radio channel. Know your local radio channel. Know where to switch to for information. And these are important things. That, you know, and all you need to do is contact your council, your local police, your local CFA, and they will have that information for you. And I guess with Crime Stoppers as, as one of our partners, keep an eye out for things that are going on too because a lot of the fires in Black Saturday were, were deliberately lit mm. or lit because of someone's negligence, um, throwing cigarette butts out or actually going out and lighting them on purpose. So we do depend on people to keep an eye out, look after their own community, anything unusual, just one eight hundred triple three triple zero Crime Stoppers, let us know. Absolutely. Now we, speaking of Crime Stoppers, we have another one to do, Gabs. We do. Police are searching for a man who is believed to have committed an aggravated burglary in Narry Warren. About 10am on 27th of June 2012, the man allegedly gained access to a home on Fontaine Terrace by smashing a window. He was interrupted by a woman who was at home at the time of the burglary. The man threw a chair at her before fleeing the scene. The man is described as about 30 years old, 178 centimetres tall, has short dark hair and olive complexion. He was wearing a long sleeve shirt and dark pants. Police have released an image of the man who they believe may be able to assist them in their inquiries. And the reference for that crime is CA6314. You can have a look at the image online. We've also got a wanted person, Kerry Ellen Anderson, was born on the 14th of December 1978. She's 175 centimetres tall with a thin build, brown eyes, ginger hair and a freckled complexion. Can you help please find her? Warrants for Anderson's arrest have been issued for drug and theft charges and failing to appear on bail. So images of all these crimes are on crimestoppers.com.au. If you have any knowledge concerning any crime, call Crime Stoppers on 1800 333 000 or visit crimestoppers.com.au. If it's an emergency, always call 000. We've had a few more messages in. Tech sent one in saying, lovely to be with you. I'm on blissful leave. Great topics. Well, wonderful. Tex, I was on leave last week and uh, I'm not too jealous because I had a wonderful time in the garden. Of course, Tex is one of the many wonderful volunteers here at Joy 94.9. You can catch him on air on a Thursday night at 8pm on Well, Well, Well. 
And we've had another one in from Megs. Wow, what can what more can a girl ask for? Gab and Sammy on the one show. Victoria Police Clothes do an outstanding job and are a credit to the organisation they represent. With Police Remembrance Day, Blue Ribbon Day coming up on September 29th. Yes, it is. I hope the community supports their men and women in blue as much as those officers who are We've given the ultimate sacrifice for the community. Uh, and she also asked, do we know if any of the 157 members who have died in the line of duty were part of the GLBTI world in some way or another? Now, I don't know. Um, I'm assuming amongst that lot, average percentages say it probably would be, but I don't know. But yes, don't forget Police Remembrance Day on September 29. You can show your support. You can go into your police station and quite a few other areas. I'm sure normally the um, supermarkets and what have you also have those as well. We will be right back. Joy, joy, joy 94.9. This has been the Victoria Police a Community Hour, Lesbians Matter with Sammy and Gabby. And we've got someone else in the studio who, who is not a lesbian. Not that we know of. No. No. <laughs> no. So what's going on? Why are you here? Hi, my name's Alan. Um, I work in the vet clinic at the Lost Dogs Home and I'm here today with Sammy and Gabby learning how radio works. Um, we're getting ready for our new show, which starts in, the th- in, in about three weeks. Um, remember to tune in at 12 o'clock on Friday the 5th of October on Joy 94.9 FM. We should have some good animal stories for you. Thanks. Great. Awesome. There's, there's good shows on at 12 o'clock on Joy Always good shows. Well, you know. We, we got our ideas from you. <laughs> so that's going to be absolutely amazing. So, of course, you know, a lot of members of um, our community uh, have our fur babies, which are important to us as as our children. And they, they are, are our, they, they are, are our children. children. Yes. I um, have well, three. I, I, well, I have to say as important as much of being a mother. Yes. Um, but, you know, there's many members of our community that they are their children. Like me. Absolutely. As is mine. So this is going to be a great way of us being able to, you know, get some more interesting information about our four-legged friends and uh, how to face different issues with them. Yeah, how to keep them healthy and happy. And and the Lost Dogs Home also has cats, I believe. We have lots of cats and we'll be dealing with them as well. Okay, so it'll be a good way for people in our community to learn some things about the health and welfare of our lovely animals um, and also to make sure they're um, healthy and maybe even find some homes for them. Yes, we'll be doing all of that. Because I, I understand you're the vet, one of the vets. I'm a senior vet at the Lost Dogs Home. Ah, well, great. So, of course, people will be able to get in contact with you as they normally can through our SMF. They can interact with you and also ask health questions about their animals, what to do, how to deal with things and where to go from there. Health questions, behaviour questions, we'll try to cover as much as we can. Well, can I give you ask you a question now? We've only got a minute or two. Let's do it. How do you stop your dogs digging in the garden? Because I've just planted a beautiful veggie garden. Give them a special part of the garden where they can dig and bury bones there. Oh, so you train them to dig. Reward in, them yeah, for doing it in the right place. So I've I've heard. Tell me, is this an, an old wives' tale? I've heard that if a dog continually digs a hole in one spot, you can put their poo in that hole and bury, and then and fill the hole in, and they won't dig in that spot again. Or does that just mean they'll just dig somewhere else? I think they'll just dig somewhere else. Okay. <laughs> Because I know we've been, t- I've been told that quite so a few I. times about you know if you just if you put where they go to the toilet. I think if they dig, you have to accept that they're going to dig, and mm. you just give them somewhere to dig, and then everyone's happy. That's fantastic. 
I, I've got an area in mind because I've got a really nice big backyard. So just somewhere out of the way and I'll um, get them over there and put something interesting to get them, encourage them to dig and get, then give them a big pat because, oh, you should hear the language when I come home and I find a hole in the garden. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. So we can catch you uh, here on Joy 94.9 from Friday the 5th of October okay. yeah. um, at 12pm and uh, then you'll be handing the reins over to me on Friday afternoon so we get to play together every Friday. Look forward to it. It's going to be really exciting. Thank you so much for joining us in the studio today and I hope you uh, have uh, had an interesting time watching Gabby and I run around the studio and be silly. (laughs) Thank you, it's been great. (laughs) You've been listening to the Victoria Police Community Hour with Lesbians Matter today with uh, Senior Constable Gabrielle Tyak. See, I've got to do it at least nine more times. Apparently you do. And Sammy, and we've had an absolute ball today. Thanks for standing in for Lini. Hope Lini's feeling better. Yes. You've done a great job. Oh, thank you very much. It's it's a pleasure to be part of such an amazing program that's so important to our community. Oh, thanks, Sammy. So next week... The Victoria Police Community Hour will be... Crime Stoppers. We've got the lovely Joe Baird coming in telling us all the monthly stats, how, what you've done to help solve crimes within Victoria. Absolutely. So don't forget, tune in here, Joy 94.9, Wednesdays at 12 o'clock for the Victoria Police Community Hour. Every week covers different topics. Joy. Joy 94.9. This Joycast is a free service brought to you by Joy 94.9. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.